Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Alrighty, thank you so much to our RVR house band. Weren't they amazing? That was so great. Now, at this time, I would like to everyone to give a warm welcome to our speaker this weekend, Josh Ray. What's up, guys? How's everybody? Son, that was good singing. I love it. I love watching. I love participating in worship, but I also love watching worship. Man, it's special. It's pretty cool to do. Uh, my name's Josh Ray. I'm from the booming metropolis of Bonaire, Georgia. Anybody ever heard of it? Really? Okay. Well, it might pop up if, if you Google it. It might not. Uh, we're Actually, we're just south of Macon. A lot of folks have heard of Macon. It's, kind of, it's the armpit of the south. And... Uh, uh, so they say. One person's been there because he was like, dude, I, I know what you're talking about, bro. So, uh, uh, man, I used to work here years ago, uh, 1997, before any of, many of you were even thought of, until uh, like 2003. So I love the ranch, man. I love to be here. This room is like a special place, man. God has uh, impacted a lot of lives right here in this room. So if, if you're a... If, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a worshiper of God, like you're like cool with that. Like, man, that's pretty sweet. If you're not, you're like... This is weird. Are we in a cult? Like, what's happening? Uh, so I know that, that people are here for different reasons, and, uh, uh, but, but you're here. So uh, think about that. Like, everybody's here for a lot of different reasons. Like, let's just, how many of you guys, like, you're here because my youth group came, and when my youth group, some, my, when my youth group does something, I go. Like, if that's you, like, my, my youth group's here. That's why I'm here, man. We're, like, the church advertised. All right, I got one guy who gave me a definite, yep, that's me, brother. That's me. <laughs> And then, uh, and then some of you are, and then some of you, uh, how many of you were like, you're invited by a friend, like, uh, my, my, my friends invited me, so I came, and like, my friend invites me, we like to hang out, you know, good deal, so we got a handful of those. Um, one friend held his other friends up, bro, the only reason you're here is because I invited you, man. All right, so, uh, so we got, you know, people are here for a lot of different reasons. Um, anybody here, like, you were strong-armed, like, you're just like, Man, I didn't really want to be here, but like my parents said, you're going. Or my friend was like, all right, got a couple honest folks in the room. All right, you can be honest. We're, we're all friends here. Um, how many of you are here because someone special was going on this trip? <laughs> and you just kind of thought, you just kind of thought, <laughs> yeah. So like. You know, now's a fabulous time to make eye contact with that special someone if you're like, well, actually, <laughs> drop the glasses, Horatio Kane thing, you know what I mean? So uh, that, that happens from time to time. Well, um, I don't know you guys, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself before we get rolling. Um, again, my name is Josh. I'm 48 years old and uh, old timer getting up there, still, still breathing, still with it. Uh, but uh, I want to introduce you to my family. I got a family. What? So... We're not, obviously not one of those families that, that goes to the beach and everybody wears the same color shirt, and uh, we don't, we're not good at, at taking pictures. Like, some of your mamas, like, they, they got photographs of you from the time you were born, like, a little bit annoying. Some that, right. Everybody's got a family member that does that. Fortunately, we have friends uh, who, who, you know, they're kind of those kind of parents. You know, they, they video everything in their kid's life, so every now and then they'll send us a picture. 
So we have a family picture. So this was like, this was, this was I think, Christmas Eve or Christmas or something. This is Christmas Eve service at our church. And, and uh, um, we have these white bricks out in front of the church. So everybody takes pictures there. So um, that's my beautiful wife, Danielle. She's here with me this weekend. She's in the middle in the little snowflake sweater there. And then that's my oldest son, Bronson, on the right. He's 21. He goes to the University of Georgia. And then uh, um, that's my daughter, Lana, next to him. She's, uh, she's 17. 21, 19, 7, she's 17. Uh, I have to do the math in my head. And then to the left of me there is my uh, son Cohen. That's my second son. He's, uh, uh, he's 19, and he's a student at University of North Georgia. And then Gavin is a ninth grader, first year in high school there on the left. And he's just the typical middle schooler that goes to high school mentality. Uh, he, he's, I don't know. He's, he's a fun kid, last kid. You know, any, any of you guys like you're the last kid in your house? Last kids, you got it better than the older kids because parents didn't know what they were doing on the first go-around. But last kids, they're just kind of like, man, we're just trying to get through this. We're we'll survive off of hand-me-downs. You know how it is. But Gavin, like, the other day, we made him, made him clean the bathroom, and, uh, and, and we were in there, um, and, he, and he, he had just scrubbed the toilet. Like, he's learning responsibility. He just scrubbed, scrubbed the toilet. And I just happened to catch this out of the corner of my eye. Like, he flushed the toilet, and he's, like, doing this. And I'm like, whoa. What are you doing? I was like, did you just wave to the toilet water that you just cleaned? And he just looks at me like with confidence. Yeah. Okay. That's why I say he's still kind of a middle schooler, but he's in high school. Like, like just, I don't know. That's my kid, man. We're all strange in our own little ways, right? Either way, we're excited you guys are here. Um, your leaders are excited you're here. Our VR staff is excited you're here. You guys could be a million different places right now, but you're here, and we think that's awesome. And, uh, and I believe that God brought us all here for a reason. So we want to have a great time this weekend learning about the Lord, learning about His Word, and uh, uh, getting to know some new folks too, man, meeting other people. And uh, that's always an exciting thing to do. So our theme this week is, we already said, Kingdom Tapestry. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I'm, I'm not a tapestry guy. Maybe you can tell by looking at me. I don't know. If you, you know, we are, we're not supposed to judge people when we look at them, but uh, I do it all the time. Like, I'd be like, you know, you don't strike me as a tapestry girl. I'm just saying. I looked at you. You got on a brave shirt, repping ATL. What's up? And, uh, but you don't look like a tapestry girl to me. Do you do tapestry? Like, you, just, you, you have one. Have you ever, like, done it? Okay, so I'm just judging you from the front row. That's all I'm doing here. What's your name? Grace, so if you sit on the front row, me and you going to be friends for all this is over. I might meet the rest of you ladies too. But anyway, you got a Braves shirt. I like that. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Braves fan. So uh, it's a good year for Georgia sports. We don't really get to talk about good years very often in Georgia. So when it does happen, I'm not like rubbing it in. It's been like 44 years since UGA did their thing and, and they pulled one out. And then Atlanta, you know, they, they've been there a little more recent. But, uh, you know, it doesn't happen very often. So when it does, I got to throw it out there. Uh, because I'm excited about it, but it's over, it's done, we're already looking at the next year now. So, Kingdom Tapestry, that's our theme this year. Again, I don't know a lot about tapestry. I'm not the guy you want to talk to if you want to talk about sewing machine brands. I, don't, I can't tell you that. I don't know, you know, I don't know about different threads, and, and I, I, I don't know that stuff. If we could talk hunting, and we can talk fishing, and we can talk a little bit of automotive type stuff, and, and, and sports, I can hang with you on that. But if you walk up to me and be, hey, J-Ray, um, during rec time, there's this cool needlepoint group that meets over at, at the, under the bridge. You want to join us? I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't want to join you. 
I, that's not my thing. If you make something cool, I'll look at it and go, man, that is awesome. Way to go. I'm glad you're into that. People need to be into that. So we got clothes to wear and things to, to do. Anyway, um, as I'm looking at this whole tapestry thing, though, I, I did begin to think about kingdom tapestry and, and, and that God is weaving together. He's currently weaving together his kingdom tapestry. And, but I was, I was thinking even before that, like there was a, there's a creation tapestry. All right, so follow me here, if you will. In, in God's creation, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump like way to the front of the Bible in the book of Genesis, and I'm going to paraphrase a lot of stuff here. And God's, God, God created the heavens. God created the earth. God created humanity. And what was stinking awesome about it as he was weaving together all of creation, when he was done with it, you know what he said? This is good. And then, he, then he said, whoa, whoa, hold on. There's one thing that's not good. Man is alone. And he created woman. And you can go back and read that whole story. And I encourage you to. It's cool. Some of you guys are familiar with it. Some of you are like, whoa, all right, that's different. But, but that's what the scripture teaches us. And what was, what was neat about this whole thing is God created man special different from the, from the rest of creation, in that God created man in his own image. All right, so that's kind of a big deal. So here's the deal. God created man in his own image. If we go back and read, we see that there was fellowship between God and man. Like they hung out. Like they talked together. They walked together. They spent time together. There was relationship. Did you know that we were created for relationship with God, and, and, and it, that's hard for us to grasp because we can't grasp God, let alone a relationship with God. Like God is, is for many of God is far from us. God is, is, can, can, be, can seem distant, but God created our designer, our creator wove into us a desire for relationship with him, with the creator. That's pretty epic. That's, that's cool if you ask me. So we've got this God who has who who created his creation, wired us for relationship with him, right? Puts, puts man in a, in a perfect place. Perfect place. Like, yep. Man had responsibility. Man, man was, 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 was laboring somewhat. Wasn't laboring hard, but it was a joy. And, and get this, there was no shame. Like, have you ever done anything you're embarrassed of? Like, like if, if, if we had a, a video screen of some things of your top 10 most embarrassing moments that you don't want anybody to know, but we somehow got a hold to it, and we're going to pop it up on the screen and be like, come on up here, let's watch your most embarrassing moments. You'd be like, negative ghostwriter, I'm out on that. So God... God created this, put, put Adam and Eve in a perfect place, and then said this, I got one rule for you, just one. Man, we, we live in a world full of rules, right? I, I was impressed. Like, RVR, come in here to show the rule video. There were like three up there, respect, 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 which is great. I'm like, three rules, that's pretty fun. I can dig a place like that. But, but we live in a world full of rules. You got to wear your mask. You got you to gotta go to school online. That's just how it is now. But, but things that are okay to say, things that you don't say, things that you can do, things that you can't do. There's rules, man. We got rules in our house. We got rules everywhere we go. One rule in the garden. God said, there's this one tree. 
that I don't want you to eat of. Stay away from it. Just don't touch it. Don't, don't eat of it. Don't, just, just, that's the tree. That would be like me saying, hey, guys, you can come over to my house and, and listen. While you're at my house, I say this phrase, you know, people, hey, make yourself at home. You know what that means? When somebody says, make yourself at home. It means treat, treat it like it's your home. Okay, treat it like it's your home. And I'll say, guys, Grace, I remembered your name. I'm horrible with names. So Grace brings her, all her friends, and, 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 and they come over, and, and then there, you know, there's, just, there's a lot of people there. All your buddies from school hanging out, you come to my house. I'm like, hey, guys, I got one rule here. You can eat anything you want in my refrigerator, but in the top left corner of my freezer, I got nutty buddies. This is my nutty buddies. Don't touch my nutty buddies. But under the second row, there's a whole row of nutty buddies. Those are for you. Don't eat my nutty buddies. Everything else, you can use my toilet paper, no charge. You can, you can, you can go swimming. You can use the, you know, you can jump on the Xbox. Use my, use my account if you want to. If you're not out, you know, loaded up, plugged in, rocking and rolling with a, with a new Halo. I'm a Halo guy. And, uh, you know, so, so make yourself at home. You know what I mean? Get comfortable. Kick your shoes off as long as you bathe your feet and your socks regularly, all right? Like, enjoy yourself. That's what it means. But I gave you one rule. But you know what happens? You know what's kind of instilled in all of us? You open the fridge, and you're like, I wonder why you don't want us to eat that. Nobody's right there. I wonder what's special about those. That's, that's how my mind works. That's inside of us because of sin. Adam and Eve did the one thing that they were told not to do. Now, they were deceived, but does that make it okay? No. They were deceived by, by Satan. So when you, when you follow the lies, when you follow the deception, then, then you're stuck. You know what I mean? Like you, get, you, get, you find yourself in a spot where maybe I can't trust God. Maybe God's trying to put one over on me. So I listen to a different voice and I partake in something that I wasn't meant to ever touch or partake in. And now all of a sudden, I got a consequence I got to deal with. That was the first sin that was ever committed. And what that did is it, it drove a wedge. It drove a separation between God and his creation, his perfect creation. And this is what's nuts. For the first time, they experienced shame. They experienced regret. They experienced probably fear of the one that they used to just hang out and, and chill with and had a great intimate relationship with. And now, because of sin, they're separated. It was no, sin is no different from the very first sin that Adam and Eve committed than sin is for you and I today as it affects a relationship with our God. It separates us. It separates us. So we got this creation tapestry that was made perfect, and now it's corrupt. Now it's busted. Now it's broken. Now it's poison. Whatever you want to use there. There's an issue. Separated you from God. It's what sin does. So tonight, I, I want to look in the book of Ephesians. We're going to be, be in the book of Ephesians chapter 2. If you brought your Bible, we'll have some verses on the screen if you didn't. But, uh, but there's, a, there's a section of this where the writer, Paul, is writing to a church in, in, in Ephesus, and he's talking to... Now, this passage we're going to be camped out in, he's talking to a group of Christians, to a group of followers of Jesus, okay? So that you, you need to know that for context. He's talking to them, and he's reminding them, and he's saying, look, let me tell you what sin did. 
All right. Let me tell you what what sin did. And he's and he's saying this is remember, remember when sin had you. All right. So I'm going to start in verse one. He says this. You were dead in the trespasses and sins. You were dead in trespasses and sins. What does it mean to be dead? Not, not a trick question. It means not living. Anybody else want to take a stab at this? It's not a trick question. Like, what does it mean to be dead? And I'm not about to give you this awesome answer that you've never heard. Because I think we all know what dead is. It means checked out, son. Done. Over. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. We know what it means to trespass. We know that means when, when, I, when I encroach on something that doesn't belong to me. And Paul's saying, hey guys, you're, you're, you're believers now. You're followers of Jesus. You're, you're Christians. Whatever label you want to give it, whatever name you want to give it. But he says, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. And that one of the outcomes of you being a sinner, being separated from God, is the second half of this verse. You once following, you were dead in the trespasses, it says, in which you once walked following the course of this world. And you got to understand that because this is, this is the natural flow of humanity. Sin is the natural flow of humanity. We're born with it. We're born with this sin nature. And for some of you, you've been in church for a while. You're like, J-Ray, man, I know that. I've heard this before. You know, I'm a sinner. We're all sinners. Like, everybody's done something wrong, right? But this is, and, 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 and Paul is telling the believers in Ephesus, this is who you were. This is what sin did to you. You followed the natural course of this world, the framework that everybody walks in and walks upon. Is a framework of sin that causes separation to God. You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world. And then he says this, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. And, and, and like, dun, 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 because that's, that's like some, we just got into some heavier stuff now. Who was the prince that he's talking about? The prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. He's talking about Satan. He's talking about the devil. He is the deceiver. He was the deceiver in the garden with, with Adam and Eve. But not only that, he is still the deceiver. And he seeks to destroy and to devour you. And the tool that he does that with is sin. And it's this thing that we're born with. It's why, it's why, how many of you got like, like little brothers and sisters? Like when I, when I say little, I mean like toddlers. You know what, you know what? This is something that, that uh, something you guys probably know. And some of you that don't have toddlers, you're like, oh, yeah, I've seen, I remember that. You know, you don't have to teach a kid to be greedy. What do you have to teach a kid to do? You got to teach them to share. But you don't have to teach a kid to be greedy. Why is that? Because you're born with it. If there's three kids and one cookie, lay that cookie in the middle and see what happens. Let me tell you what's not going to happen. Hey, fellas, I'd like to put you ahead of me. So why don't we just cut this cookie in half and you guys can have a half. And I just won't. I'll sacrifice. You guys can have the cookie. We'll cut it in half. 
No, because one of them is like, how about I just take the cookie because I'm bigger than both of you two and I'll just eat it and won't share it with anyone. Like, we don't have to teach a kid to be greedy. We have to teach a kid to share. It comes natural. Greed comes natural. Why is that? Because we're born with it. It's a sin nature that we're born with. And Paul's saying, hey, remember, this is who you once were. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. And, and I kind of skipped over this. When I say dead, it doesn't mean that like I'm physically dead. He's talking spiritually. You were spiritually dead. Now, sin did lead to a physical death in the garden. Absolutely. But it also led to an, to an immediate spiritual death, a complete separation from God. You were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. Again, that's Satan, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. Now, when you're at church, when you're at a place like RVR that focuses on teaching the scriptures and, 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 uh, and living a life that honors God, when you're in that type of setting, it's easy. Let me rephrase that. It's easier to focus on God. That's just common sense. When I'm at church, when I'm surrounded, when I just, when I just went through a, through a, a, a time of, of worship through song, like it's easy to keep to put my focus there if I would just concentrate a little bit on the words that are being said and think through like what is what we're worshiping and who we're worshiping and why we're worshiping. So it's easy. But in, 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 the, in the first part of verse three, it says, among whom we all lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. For me to worship, it's like I have to intentionally clear my mind and just focus on God and worship. But naturally, unintentional, every day, just living, just like going through the motions of life, worship is not something that just comes natural to me. It's not. Because I'm carrying out the desires of the body and the desires of the mind. And just, just because my body wants it doesn't mean it's good for me. Right? Right? We all know what it means to carry out the desires of the body. That could come in a lot of different forms, in a lot of different ways. It could come in the form of your parents saying, hey, bro, it's time to go to bed. You got school tomorrow. But you don't want to go to bed because I'm watching, I'm watching my show or I'm, 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 I'm chatting with my friends online or whatever. I'm surfing my videos. I don't want to go to bed. My desire is to stay up, but the authority figure is telling me to do something different. But I want to defy that authority figure. Because I want to do what I want to do. I want to, I want to feed the desires of the flesh. You guys know what it's like when it's time for dessert and you've already had two. The desires of the flesh says, three won't hurt. Let me get another one. That's the desires of the flesh. We understand the desires of the flesh. The desires of the flesh say, I know my alarm clock went off, but I don't want to get up yet. So I'm going to hit snooze 10 times. Are there any of y'all people in here, like you hit snooze, like if you hit snooze more than twice in the morning, I'm just like, just don't hit snooze and sleep 15 minutes later and get up instead of take half that time to go back to sleep. It doesn't make sense to me. There's a reason that I put my phone in another room and then set my alarm because I have to get out of bed and like walk 
to go get to my phone. And by then I'm like, well, I'm up now. So that's how I do it. Just a little, little life hack for you. Among whom we all lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature. Check this out. This is what Paul says. This is who you once were, because we all like to be children of God, because that sounds great. But he says, you are children of wrath. You are children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. Now, it's important. This is is a little bit depressing. I know this is a little bit depressing, okay? So hang with me here. Understand this. This is depressing. We're talking about sin, straight up sin. And Paul is saying, this is who you once were before, before you had a savior. You were trapped in your sin. You were consumed by your sin. You may not realize it, but you were controlled by your sin because you were working according to the desires of the flesh. And you were, you were given a name. You were children of wrath just like everybody else, just like the rest of mankind, just like the rest of corrupt human humanity. We're all sinners. We chase after things because of sin, like we desire things because of sin. Let's be honest. If I was to ask you right now, if I was to say, hey, like, like what's something that, like, what's a, a, a material possession? Like, what's something you really want that you don't have? Like, don't give me, a, you don't have to give me a specific answer, but can, raise your hand if you're like, yeah, I can name something that I want that I don't have. All right, there's a couple of you in here that are like, all right. You, most of us, if you think, man, I'd really like to have that. I really like it. Yeah, I can do that. There's a reason why we want those things, Okay. Now, the reason can be different, but almost, I, I, I can't, I don't like blanket statements, but I, so I will say, almost every one of you wants that possession because it'll make you happy. It'll help fulfill a need that you think that you have in your life. So you want that possession. It could be a lot of different things. And then for some of you, there's something missing in life. You, you feel like if I could just have a relationship that, that mattered, then that would bring the fulfillment that I'm looking for. That would bring the, the answer that I need. So for a lot of us, we get tied up in thinking there are specific relationships that I need with a certain someone, maybe in my class or maybe at my church or, or maybe in my neighborhood or just somebody I know that, that I want to have this relationship. It's important. I must have it. So you pursue a relationship with someone. And, it's, and there's nothing wrong with, with having relationships with people, of course. There's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes we believe that that relationship would be special. That relationship would be life-changing. That's a, you know, there's, there's, there's some folks who are like, you, got, you, you know who these people are. There's some people, there's some people that your friends, maybe you're some of those, you ain't got to point them out if they're in here, but there's some people, they got to have a boyfriend or they got to have a girlfriend. Man, they hop from boyfriend to girlfriend. I mean, just, just one after another. They have to have one. Do y'all know those people? Like those people exist. It's like their identity is tied up in who they are hooked up with, right? It happens. Relationships, personal achievement, now, for some of you, you're just like, man, personal achievement for me is a C. 
Like that's personal achievement. That's past. That's all I need is to pass. And there's other you, you're like, no, personal achievement for me is, you know, I know I'm only in sixth grade, but I, I'm, I'm really planning to be the valedictorian when I graduate in six more years. And like, you're already thinking that way. And sometimes your parents like instill that into you because you have to be excellent. You have to be excellent so you can get a scholarship, so you can go to college and we don't have to pay for it. So get your valedictorian so we can do it all for free. And that's even better. You can go anywhere you want. You can be whatever you want, but you got to bust your tail right now academically. And it's like personal achievement is what's going to make that happen for you. For some folks, it's money, it's finances. I got to have money. I got to have cash because if I got money, I won't have any problems. That's a lie. That's a deception. If I got money, you're going to have problems. There's a phrase. Rappers rapped about it. More money, more problems. It's true. It's legit. But most of us are like, I'll take the problems. Just give me the money. You know, I can handle it. It won't affect me. And then, and then let's just be honest. There, there, are, there are sexual attractions that drive what are we doing? Some are like, man, we've got middle schoolers in here. You can't talk about sex. Listen, I'm fully aware that middle schoolers know about it and talk about it. So we can talk about it in church. You can't talk about it in church. Where can you talk about it? Church, church camp, whatever you want to call this. You can talk about it at the ranch, River Valley Ranch. And then some people, like there's not very middle, there's not very many middle school and high school students who are saying, I'm pursuing power. I want to rule the world one day. I want to run my own business. I want, you know, there's not a lot of them are like that. There's a few of you wired like that, and you're probably going to run something one day. You'll either run it in the ground or you'll be fantastic at it. All that's still to be seen. But, but as you get older, you're not going to like it when people are telling you what to do, especially when you think you're smarter and better than they are. But yet they're making more and they're doing it. And, 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 and there's something inside you that says, I want to be better. I want to be bigger. And what that is, is sin. It's in all of us. Sin is that disease that eats us from the inside out. It separates us from God. Sin will always separate you from God. And this sounds pretty elementary from a, from a standpoint of, of, of what we learn in church. A lot of you, you've been in church most of your life. Some of you, church is kind of a new thing to you. You might be checking out this whole God thing. But sin is something that you need to understand that separates you from God, from your creator, from his original intention for his creation to be able to fellowship with him because of God's holiness and God's righteousness. It's, it's like God doesn't fellowship with sin. And Paul is reminding him, hey, if, if you are not, Follower of Christ, if your sin issue hasn't been dealt with, you're separated from God. That's a problem. That's an issue. The creation tapestry at one time, it was perfect. It was flawless. It was sinless. And then when sin was introduced into the world through the actions of man, it flawed that creation tapestry. It flawed it. The problem is you can't do anything to fix it. That should be a little bit scary. My creator who created me and has absolutely my best interest in mind. See, sometimes we get mad at God for our decisions. And it's like, what do you mean I can't do anything about it? I can't fix it? No, you can't fix it. You can't fix your sin problem. You can't fix it. 
But the next two words of the next verse is where we're going to stop tonight. You guys have been good. About done. So hang in there with me. Verse 4. Remember, he just went through this whole spiel about what sin does to humanity. And then he says this, but God, you can't do anything about your sin problem. You can't begin to touch your sin problem. But God did something about it. We're going to talk about that tomorrow morning. We're going to camp out on that tomorrow morning. Listen, you guys have been great tonight. You've listened well. You've done good. But there's two things. I want to, I want to wrap up with this. If you are, if you've been in church your whole life, you've, you've heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. You've been possibly, you've been forgiven of your sins. There's something that you do need to grasp. You need to grasp this. This is who I once was. Because sometimes we're just like, oh, yes, who I used to be. You do need to understand the depth and the gravity of what sin actually was in your life. When you do that, you'll appreciate God even more. And then there's other people in this room. You're new to this whole thing. Perhaps, perhaps this is the first time anybody has told you you're a sinner. We're all, we're all sinners. The scripture tells us that. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everybody, all of humanity has sinned. We're born with that sin nature. We got it. We're sinners. So if you're new to this, you too need to understand the, 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 the gravity of your sin. Man, it separates you from God. It separates you from creator. It, se it separates you from the one who has your best interest in mind. Sin is a destroyer. Sin is a disease. Sin is powerful. And sin desires to consume you. And again, I'm going to say this, you can't do anything about it. Sin is more powerful than you. You can't do anything about it. But God, that's tomorrow morning. All right, let's pray. God, we love you. God, I thank you for these students. Lord, I pray that you begin to work in our hearts and our minds and our lives, that we would see your truth. And not only we would see your truth, God, but we would apply your truth to our life. God, I pray for each and every one of these students and these leaders here that you would give them a fantastic weekend at RVR. And uh, Lord, I pray that our conversation tonight in small group, God, that, that we can grow from it. And uh, uh, Lord, I pray that you would bless these, these folks in this room with great relationships and conversation about you and your word this weekend. And Lord, that you help them to have a blast while they're here at RVR. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's give it up for Reese and Elijah. They're coming back out. Thank, Thank you, guys. You. Hey, thanks, Josh. Thank you. Thanks, Josh. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Live After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.